I do my show because I love music. Music, rock and roll to me, it's a language. Either you speak it or you don't. You know what I mean? I'm trying to reach those people who actually speak the language. Welcome to the Stolen Hours Podcast. Conversations with known or unknown creatives across the arts. Guests share what they create and the backstories that have made them who they are today. Listen in to help support the community of creators and to find some inspiration of your own. The following is episode 37, radio host Adam Z. Adam's a Wizlock. Adam is a uh, local radio host, DJ, who's on Vernon FM, which is a uh, local radio that hits the world of Vernon, New Jersey, and Warwick, New York. Uh, definitely a fun conversation coming up about all things rock and roll, and uh, just speaking speaking that language as he describes it, and uh, definitely a fun one. So enjoy it. Please follow along at Stolen Hours Podcast. Dot com and on Instagram at the Stolen Hours and subscribe. Definitely love seeing uh, that the listeners are still happening, so thank you all. And it's cool to see people catching up on episodes now that we're back uh, into normal work life and the summertime being done. So enjoy the fall and the leaves changing and uh, enjoy the day. Thanks for listening, guys. Today on the podcast, I have Adam Z. Adam is through and through a rock and roll explorer. He's always looking for the next big musical talent. Since 1971, he's been into music. Always the guy who made the mixtapes for friends and family, trying to expose people to the world beyond the top 40 hits. From 2005 till 2016, his, he broadcasts his musical tastes on Live 365, an online radio show, show, sharing his musical tastes on that platform for those many years. He then moves the show to another online platform, englandsradio.co.co. And then since 2017, he has aired a show on WSRX, 107.9 FM, Vernon, New Jersey's local non-commercial radio station. There, his shows have ranged from the rock and roll timeline to his most recent ventures, beginning in 2020, where he focuses on rock and roll singles released during the epic decade of the 1970s. The show is called 70s Music That Changed the World. And in 2021, he's on to his new show called The 80s. Adam is a dedicated music lover, lover who spends his stolen hours producing these shows in his off time from his job working in the medical supply industry. Catching his voice on the radio the other day made it very clear that he is both a complete radio professional and one who can school us for hours about all things rock and roll. So welcome, Adam C. Thank you. Can you tell those nice words to my mom? She would really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes well uh, she will you have to make her listen <laughs> <laughs> she said every now and then she turns on the show and she goes that's not that that's not adam i i don't recognize that voice <laughs> <laughs> well that's great i mean i think it's uh yeah it's someone who was busting my chops about my radio voice in the podcast i'm like yeah it happens you get a little radio voice going <laughs> yeah well at least you got a face for radio <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I definitely have the face for radio. 
<laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> awesome. So very cool. So thank you for uh, coming on. I would love to just hear, yeah, just about your, just the latest thing you've been doing, which is the 80s, I guess. I think that's when I first heard your voice and uh, on the on the local radio station here in Vernon. And you still want to talk to me. <laughs> and I still want to talk to you. <laughs> Absolutely. You yeah, know, um, the 80s program came about because I guess like anyone can play a song, doesn't matter what decade it's from. Uh, like I said, I consider myself a rock and roll historian. So, you know, I started off doing a program just about the 70s. And after about two years of doing that program, I'm like, you know what? I just can't keep doing this. I just, I like delving into like different decades. And, yeah. you know, so I'm like, all right, let's do the next best one for me anyway, that I kind of grew up around. And that was the 1980s. So, yeah, the program is basically based on, you know, um, you know, like a, I'll take like a week and look at that particular week from 1980 through 1989, the singles that were released. And let me define singles because I'm a rock and roll guy. <laughs> so you will not hear Madonna. You will not hear any rap music on my program. It's purely rock and roll music. Yes. Nice. Very cool. So, so in terms of, uh, for you doing these programs, it sounds like on some level, I, I mean, there's so many, things released are familiar to us these many decades later, but are you discovering new things yourself as you're designing these shows? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's amazing. Like you'll, you'll find some stuff that, you know, when I do my show, it's, 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 it's basically, how can I put this? Like uh, America's top, whatever, top 40. But what I do is I, I basically introduce the artist the song that was released, the day that it was released, um, the position that it was released on, you know, yeah. whether, you know, the first day on the chart, it may be number 90. And then the ultimate, you know, how far did it peak? Did it make to number one? Did it stay? How long did it stay there? Sure. And there's there's so many songs that like, I'm like, I've never heard that. Wow. And it was released as a single and it may have gone started off at number 99 and only, and I'll be like on the radio, be like, and it only reached number 99 and it stayed there for <laughs> one week. And I'm listening nice. to the song and I'm like, damn, that's a good song. Why didn't get any airplay? And like, even on yeah. like my Facebook, I'll put like the video of, of like the, 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 you know, the song. And I'm like, am I nuts? Is the, the, why didn't this song get in at least the top 40? Sure. Yeah. That's cool. So it's like, yeah, right out, right, might right be right outside of that top 40 kind of zone, which is yeah, lost mean, to history a little bit. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think of some bands on it. Like last week, I think it was a band called the producers, which I never even heard of. And they released yeah. some song, like the things she does to me. And I'm like, I never heard this and I'm listening to it. And it's like, mm, what you call, I guess, consider like power pop, which I like, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, my musical genre will go anywhere from like Motorhead to listening to the Partridge family in like, you know, a five minute period. And like, how can you do that? I'm like, how can't you? <laughs> nice. Nice. You know, so would you describe uh, are you a collector? Do you have a room full of records and CDs and oh, man, have if you I moved down? <laughs> if if I can spin my laptop around, I have um you know, people who didn't grow up like in the six in the seventies uh, and eighties um, probably wouldn't have that much vinyl. Although, 
the thing I loved, it was beginning of the year. I heard something on, I think it was NPR. They had said like the first time in over, I think 20, 30 years that vinyl had outsold CDs. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, there is a comeback. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that like vinyl albums sound better than CDs. It's just, it's kind of like when I grew up, that's what we had. You had a choice of vinyl. You had a choice of, God forbid, the um, A-track or the cassette. And what I would do is, um, and like I was saying before, like if I could turn my laptop around, all my vinyl, like my favorite ones, uh, things that kind of basically, you know, created me or helped, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But, you know, changed my life. They're hanging on the wall now in, in, in glass frames yeah. and stuff like that. Wow. You know, awesome. it's kind of like people in their own houses, they have pictures of their family or their dog or their grandma, whatever. For me, it's like I'm looking at like the Ramones Rocket to Russia, the Beatles, you know, Sergeant Pepper, uh, you know, Sweets, uh, you know, uh, uh, Desolation Boulevard, you know, stuff like that. Sure, sure. Just remind me where I came from. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, speaking of that, so your first love, what's your first love and your youth in terms of music? Uh, Well, something, holy, Dennis, you have kids, right? Yes. How old is your oldest? My oldest is uh, just almost 15. Yeah. Okay. Does he like music or she like music? He does. He does. He does like music. Okay. Now you probably, well, you, you probably grew up in the same period. Do you, did you have posters on your wall of like rock stars? I did. Or did you miss out? You did. Oh, okay. you, know, you know, I didn't have rock stars. It's so funny what I had on my wall. Um, I had lots of pictures of surfing, which I was never a surfer, but I liked what it looked like. And I also, okay. and I also had picture, Iron Maiden posters, which, nice. which with Eddie. Which, yes, but I didn't like the band. I just liked the posters. <laughs> and, and that tells you, that hints, hints at my visual art like upbringing, which, which really does start with like trying to make those posters myself. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, I'll, uh, see, so you can take an image of like an Iron Maiden, like Eddie. And you, oh, see, that's the next painting for you. <laughs> you need some kind of like a metal... You're looking at like a metal background or something like that. You, sh- you could probably paint a, like the next, you know, heavy metal album cover for Black Maiden. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. There's there's definitely an industry because, you know. <laughs> I know. I know. But, you know, um, growing up is pretty much two bands that I can think of right off the top of my head. Three, really. Um, huge Kiss fan. All right. Absolutely huge Kiss fan. Um I got it um, when, you know, the moment I seen them, I, I didn't really know anything about them for the first three albums, whether it's Kiss or uh, Hotter Than Hell or Dress to Kill. But then the live album came out and I'm like, what is this? It's like, you know, this is like, you know, theater, yeah. you know, and, uh, and the macabre. And it was like, no one was doing that. Oh, yeah, you had like an Alice Cooper. Yeah. Um, but they took it to the extreme and this was a band that was like on the verge of like just totally falling apart along with their label Casablanca. And then they dumped everything that they had into this live album. And it's still probably the best selling album of all time. Well, not, not, but one of the best selling albums of all time that shaped me. So 
Yeah, my mom had to deal with like looking at Gene Simmons and spitting blood up on the wall. Um, had many of those posters. <laughs> um, and then the other one too was um, Elton John. Okay. Huge Elton John fan too. Wow. Yeah. Um, he, like his first four albums. I mean, okay, let's, here we go. And I will not regret saying this. They were crap. Okay. You could find like one or two good songs, but it wasn't until you got to something like, um, don't shoot me. I'm only the piano player with crocodile rock and Daniel. And and that's when he started getting good. Then we got, then we got went straight into, um, goodbye, yellow brick road and all that stuff. And then he just exploded here in in America. But those were the two biggies. And then it went right to Led Zeppelin. Okay. Nice. Nice. So this is your your rock and roll upbringing. <laughs> was there someone yeah. who introduced you to stuff, or was it just you finding it on your own? Um. Okay, embarrassing time. <laughs> um. See, I also interview people too. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe before I embarrass myself, what was okay? Did they still have forty fives? when you were younger all right so you so know, we were buying it just cassettes we would we, we we were buying seven inches so i guess that's a 45 right okay <laughs> so there was right. i listen so, still around and, and this is what happened in the 90s we were buying vinyl again um cds were mm-hmm. starting to you know be the thing for sure in the 80s and whatnot but there was a desire to buy vinyl and and friends of mine have basements full of vinyl from their 90s love so we grew up you know i'm a little kid in the 80s um 90, 90 through 94 is my high school life. So it's really the 90s. It's like the coming of age, like music time. Right. But we were buying albums. We were buying records. And, and it's so interesting to see it kind of come back now, like you said. But there's there's there was this love for album art that I loved. Um, the, the, the gatefold, you know, it's just an amazing yes. thing. And then yes. uh, and then in the end all. Yeah, that's that's something that um, it's kind of hard to carry into life but some of my friends have dedicated themselves to that and they have tons of records still yeah no um the we bought a house like three years ago and i don't know how we lived in in the condos in uh great gorge and um for those people who are listening to in california it's in vernon uh new jersey but we had so much crap in this place and we're still trying to figure out how we kept all this stuff so (laughs) I convinced my wife to, we had to go buy a house. So we bought a house, the room I'm in right now, it's called the radio room. Nice. And you know, the only thing that's missing here is like the on air sign that goes outside, you know, yes. let people know that I'm recording or whatever. <laughs> and then the room next to me, it's probably about, I'm going to say about 1200 vinyl albums. Um, some singles, I was never really like buying it, you know, a person to buy uh, singles. I was like, sure. no, it's like kind of buying, you want to buy the whole book. Yeah. You don't want to buy a chapter. You want to yes. see, you know, I, I grew up in what they call the, was it the AOR, you know, album oriented sure. radio or period. So yeah, most of my stuff is like vinyl. Yeah. So I keep it in that room and it's, you know, temperature controlled. Nice. <laughs> Cause eventually these things are gonna be worth something. At least I hope so. If not, sure. you know, I can't use, I, I was thinking about selling them when I retire, but you know, if they're not worth anything, I'll be eating cat food at <laughs> age 90. <laughs> but listening to your albums, so. Yeah, but as far as like my embarrassing moment, like the first time I got into music, here we go. You may have to edit this. No. Um, 
it was I grew up um in the era where they had TV shows like The Monkees eh. uh and and The Partridge Family they were like introducing you know the uh, the the, the Monkees were basically a Beatles ripoff but they had some really good music even though they had studio musicians playing their stuff um but they had really good writers whether it was yeah. someone like um Neil uh Neil Diamond or Carol King writing these songs yeah um and like the hearts and um but um they eventually wound up learning how to play their instruments and going out on tour um and then now I get to the embarrassing moment there was also the Partridge family yeah. okay so no one in that thing ever played like an instrument but you know you had david cassidy who sang you had shirley jones who had a background in in you know the movies and also in, in um in the theater yeah. so those are the only two that they let perform on the albums and yeah my first 45 was i'll meet you halfway by the partridge family yeah. now how i got from you know buying that and listening to that to going to buying like Slayer and Motorhead <laughs> and, you know, Metallica and all this other stuff, you know. But then again, like I said, you know, I can go from Motorhead to, uh, you know, listening to like Olivia Newton-John. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, this is just true love of music, which is pretty awesome. And, you know. yeah. Well, one of the shows I used to do, too, when I had time, um, like I said, I did the 70s show. I did a hard rock show. I still do a hard rock show in the uh, Friday nights. Okay. And But I also have a love of um, the blues. Okay. Love the blues. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, in fact, you know, the whole thing with rock and roll, basically, I mean, it is a bastard of the blues. That's how rock and roll was created with a touch of country there and rockabilly and stuff like that. But basically, it was, you know, based on blues. Sure, sure. That's great. So you so you're pretty well rounded in your taste and and knowledge. Yeah, except I don't I don't listen to dance music. I stopped listening to top forty probably by the early nineties or something like sure. that. Maybe because I don't know how to dance. <laughs> you know? And you know, I, I married um <laughs> beautiful beautiful woman from Colombia, and you know, all they do is dance. dance you know, and it's like. I'm like, look, I, I, I just, I'm fascinated. I can sit like at a wedding or something and she's out there dancing and I'm like, how does she do that? Cause if <laughs> I know I went out there, I'd be like tripping over my feet and stuff. So I wait until like, I'll go to the DJ. Can you play like, you know, like the Eagles, like Desperado. <laughs> I won't embarrass myself. <laughs> nice. Nice. You get out there and headbang. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've done that in front of her parents when they were alive, and they're like, oh, my God. Who's this guy? You know, they still let me marry their, yeah, their daughter. That's good. I took them. They were they were out for like a year one time. Um, Spanish folks, they, you know, like most American people, they come out and, you know, they hang for like a day or two. But when you come over from, say, Colombia or anywhere like South America, they don't stay for like a week or two. It's like usually six months, sure, or two, yeah. like a year. So, um, yeah, no, I had him in a car once we were driving around and <laughs> I think it was playing the best of like the Ramones in the back seat. <laughs> they didn't know what, the, what the make of me at that time. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> so, I mean, I, so your wife is Colombian. Has he introduced you to, uh, some music from Colombia or from, uh, any of that? Yeah, I, the only thing I really got into was, um, I guess it's more like a romantic thing. There was a guy named Christian, a Christian Carat, 
come on, let me get his name right. Christian Castro. Okay. Um, great voice. Uh, I wish I can take him and convert him into like <laughs> a rock and roll or a heavy metal guy. Cause he has that voice and yeah. it's just really nice. But yeah, no, he's not built for that. Nah, that's great. That's great. But yeah, no, I, my wife, like, I think a year after we got married, she's, um, she goes to me, she goes, I hate you. I'm like, uh Oh, here comes the divorce. I'm like, what did I do? She's like, I don't like the music I used to listen to all the time. Oh. It's like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, um, cause like, like someone like Shakira, yeah, you know, who, who, who came over from Columbia and, I don't know if people know, but like Shakira, you watch her now. It's pretty much, it's kind of like a, like a Jennifer Lopez, like burlesque show, you know, just shaking the moneymaker. And, but when she was in Colombia, she was basically a, like a, a Lannis Morissette type. Okay. And then they got here, she got here and you know, you know what American producers do, you know, they want to take a pretty face yeah. and they just make some kind of dance music. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, those listening out there, she actually had talent at one point. Uh, some people love her now too, but, <laughs> I, know, but I don't know. You're a purist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it all comes down to, can you play an instrument? Sure. You know what I mean? For me, it's it's always been about, you know, like if you listen to the stuff that's out there now, and now I'm 57, and I'm like, all right, well, now it's like, all right, well, he's just like old. He doesn't listen to it. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, like my mom or something. Like my mom would come into my room when I was living in Long Island, and it was the typical, turn that down, turn that down. It's like I'm listening to like ACDC or, or, or um, like Aerosmith. Yeah. And now, like within the like last 20 years, she's asking me to like record her the best of Aerosmith or some ACDC. Oh, yeah, nice. And so she got it. Yeah, she got it. She didn't get the volume in the room, but she gets it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So you have a couple converts then to your rock and roll life, it sounds like. Yeah, and she's converted me to like growing up, my my old man, he um he was like a Chuck Berry guy. Yeah. Mom was a um I guess like a kind of like, I guess back growing up, it was like the beginning of like the 1950s and the whole uh, golden age of rock and roll yeah. uh, taking a line from Mata Hoople. Um, but she kind of grew up on like the crooners where there was like a Johnny Mathis. Her, that's like her love, but she also had that hidden thing for Elvis. Okay. And um, like for her 70th birthday, we took the pilgrimage down to Graceland. It was like something that like she always wanted to do. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I didn't really get the Elvis thing. When I was growing up, it was like, it was in 19, August of 1977. And, you know, we got the news. We, we, <laughs> mm. we used to watch this program, a soap opera called Dark Shadows. And all of a sudden, like the newscast came over that Elvis had passed away. Oh, wow. And I've never seen like my mom kind of cry. And I, I didn't, you know, I kind of got it. Yeah. Um, but I got that same thing like three years later when I'm watching my Miami Dolphins play the New England Patriots, po you know, pre Tom Brady beating our butts every day. <laughs> yes. um, and then Howard Cosell, he, you know, breaks in and says, you know, we just got the news that John Lennon had been shot oh, wow. and yeah. been murdered. And I'm like, I'm going back three years and I'm like, all right, now I know how my mom felt because yeah. I just kind of lost it. Yeah. You know, it was just like, it wasn't supposed to happen. Why did this happen? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Tragic. You know? It's tragic. Wow. Yeah, but, 
that's great i mean and this is we were just recently talking about like the amount of 90s rockers who who have died it's like so sad it's like these heroes you know it's a lot of them yeah whether it's your kurt cobain who you know took his own life yeah. and you can never understand like people with depression yeah, yeah. um you know um it, god um probably one of the best singers i can think of is the dude from uh uh sound yeah. you know yeah you know chris, Cor- uh, chris cornell, chris cornell. Yep. um if you ever heard um him i think it was on one of those very special christmas he sang ave maria oh wow and it was no. like i'm like i'm looking at the thing i'm like no this is gonna suck and i'm like i'm like holy crap i mean this guy really has a voice that's awesome yeah you know that's great yeah yeah that's- i don't know yeah. It's, it, it's just depression with the people from the 90s, but, you know, not trying to make light of it. But, you know, 90s was not, you know, the, the alternative period. The music was great, but it wasn't the happiest time. Yeah. yeah. Their music was not upbeat. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I love I love like music that's kind of like dark. Um, but there's cer- certain bands or artists that can pull that off, like someone like like a like a Black Sabbath. Yeah. You know, they they were like probably one of the best to do that. You know, you listen to it, it's so dark, but then you look at the lyrics and like, damn, these are positive lyrics. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, I thought they were singing about the devil. <laughs> That's It's crazy. Wow. So, so I would love to hear, um, do you hear that weird sound? <laughs> you know what, no, you know what that is? And I'm, according to the Vernon Police Department, I am not allowed to shoot these people that are on ATVs. Oh, Did you know is? that there's a law for that? <laughs> but they're allowed. But apparently, you know, they're not. They're allowed on the streets, which is a no-no. They're not allowed. Yeah. Um, That's I called. Yeah, I called the Vernon Police Department a number of times, and they're just like, ah, "Some old guy who's just calling again about the ATVs." Like, hey, welcome to the woods. This is what it, what we got. <laughs> yeah, I remember going down to the police station too. Like the first time, I'm like, "Look, if you guys aren't going to do anything, can I like throw out those rumble strips at least? Something like that, flatten the tires, or you know, maybe you know, have like a paint gun and just... <laughs> oh, I accidentally missed my target. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, if you hear that noise, it's it's that it's the ATVs. All right. Well, you're, you're talking yes, about right. like uh, Black Sabbath and like he was supposed to be worshiping the devil. Then I hear this dark. <laughs> that sound, it's just ATVs. It was just Where ATVs. Oh, good. It's not the devil coming through my, head, my, my headphones. Anyways, um, I love to hear just kind of your process for doing a show. I mean, I know that you're into the 80s now, so you could talk about that one, or maybe your favorite show if you go back. And how long do these shows last? Like, if you're going through the 70s, like how long did that? Sh- how long was that show on for? Was it was it once a week for a year or? Yeah, I, it was basically on, um, yeah, it was, it, it, it ran like this 52 weeks out of the 52 weeks in the year, probably did about, I'm going to say about like 45 shows. So I probably wow. missed about like seven or eight shows, but sure. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a journey. Like I said, if, if you love rock and roll, like I do, you, you have like, I'm going to, I'm going to say probably like 75% of the people on the planet just kind of think like music is just kind of like background stuff, whether you're like on an elevator or like, you know, shopping and you hear it in the background. Oh, that's pleasant. But no, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a 
who's those, who's those people who are out there like looking for dinosaur bones you know? and <laughs> archaeologists yeah yeah archaeologists that's that's me i'm like i'm constantly searching you know all right this music period has ended but there's like so much stuff out there that's really yeah. has to be discovered mm. um my little sister god bless her she um she got like mixed tapes and mixed CDs from me when I was like in living in California. Yeah. Um, I went out there during the, uh, the, the hair metal period. So I was out there from 83 until 92. Uh, so, you know, I got to see some, you know, bands like rat and stuff into whiskey, a go, go, or like the bands like wasp out there where they would have like a naked woman tied up to some, looking i don't know whatever the contraption and they're throwing raw meat at the crowd it was just, it was just you know a weird period you know guys dressing up sure. like girls and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it was it was perfect <laughs> but, um rock and roll but yeah no i i love i just love trying to you know decipher or basically give information like i said anyone can play a song but i want to kind of give like background knowledge of like you know how the song came about um um the history of it yeah it's great so there's like a I, I always talk about music as a my introduction to documentary um that storytelling that's that's not just boring documentary it's like really interesting storytelling yeah. especially if you're interested in the topic obviously and then uh yeah and that led to me into even photography as documentary and filmmaking and all those things so it's music kind of was the start for me in that that media world and you know listening to what you what you do on the radio and uh just hearing yeah the the backstory to a song or even just like you know just knowing where it, it charted and where it ended up you know it's kind of an awesome just little tidbit and i think for music lovers it's a gift like here's something you might have never heard check this out yeah stuff like that and um it's just the whole history of it yeah. for me i don't know if i get something at it i'm happy um I don't know. Have you ever heard of SETI? What is that? Uh, S-E-T-I, um, which is basically those people with the big satellite out in like in the middle of like, I don't know, South America or where they are, wherever they are. I, I think it was a search for intestri- uh, in, um, extraterrestrial intelligence. It, that's me. I'm <laughs> basically sending out a signal. And if someone answers or listens, that's cool. I mean, yeah. A lot of people like, you know, they're looking at like, oh, I got like a hundred million likes today or I got this. I got that. I don't care. I yeah. I do my show because I love music, music, rock and roll to me. It's a language. Either you speak it or you don't. Nice. You know nice. what I mean? Yeah. And I'm trying to reach those people. I'm trying to reach those people who actually speak the language. Nice. Nice. You know, that's great. And how long is how long is uh, a show? How long you do it for an hour or two hours? Yeah, it's a two-hour program. Um, it airs on um, well, my internet program, which is steel93.org or .com. Um, and, um, and then I pollute the FM uh, airwaves at uh, WSRX 107.9. Um, if you drive around Vernon, you can pick it up with if you're in like in a two-mile radius or like on a good day. Yes. <laughs> You'll be able to hear it. But yeah, it's a two-hour program. Nice. Um, and that's and, also, and, that also streams online 1079, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it runs a few times during the day and the schedule's up on the internet site, but nice. like I said, you know, hopefully I'll pick up like an extra listener and then I think that will make three. Nah, <laughs> you never know. That's no, funny. So, 
it's funny. Sometimes you you pull up like the website or whatever, and it shows like, yeah, no one's listening. I'm like, uh, and then like next time you look, it's like a hundred. Yeah, like, yeah. Right, you well. ne- you never know. It's like but, it's hit or miss sometimes. That's great. Yeah, but I mean, you don't want to. I like I said, I I do it for me. Yeah, and hopefully I can. I don't want to say change someone's life, but you know, like when I was like. I guess like 10 or 12. That's when I started getting interested in music. Yeah. And it's probably with you too. It's I like I was born in what, 63. Yeah. So by the time I was like 10, 12, um, you know, it's about 1972, 74. So it's the same thing now. It's like, you know, whatever year it is now, tack on another 12 years. And that's when the next generation will be listening to whatever it is out there. Hopefully it's better than what it is on the radio now. <laughs> yeah. But like what year were you born? I saw you were probably born 70, late... 76. 76. Yeah. All right. So yeah, 76. Yeah. 20 years later, or yeah. uh, you know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. You grew up like in the late 80s. Yeah, we were so like 12 years you... apart. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 90s, you know, late 80s, 90s, were, were, that was your period. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's, it's absolutely it's and it, and as you say it's a language I, there's such an identity in music even though i i was i'm i'm barely a musician i have a little bit of guitar you know but but i i sang in a band whatever it was but and it and i think right. there was but it's such it was such a part of my identity um in terms of like who i was in high school and and still now yeah. it's like such a part of the character and it's 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 uh you know for sure growing up there's a point where i stopped like recorded music i'm not as into as live music you know little things like that but there's there's um something great about hearing a song and i I love a live dj i could handle a live dj on the radio so that's why um and 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 even as you're doing it a live dj who's recorded is fine like i'm i I don't want the computer deciding what i'm listening to (laughs) you know you see yeah so i don't want to sound like an old fogey or something like that but it's like there's that human connection yeah you know between like a DJ and, um, you know, and, and the listener yeah, out there absolutely. Uh, compared to some program on the internet that's running on what they call a uh, alpha rhythm, you sure. know, or it's just, you know, okay, you type in the band that you like, and then they'll give you five bands that are similar. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. what happened to the discovery of music? This is like, it's, it's the same thing. Sure. Um, I don't know what the, your process was uh, of finding new music when you know, when you were younger, but for me, um, all we had was the radio, yeah. and we had music magazines out there, and people who were listening. Hopefully, you'll remember some of these. There was Circus Magazine, there was Cream Magazine. I hate to even mention Rolling Stone because that's not a hundred percent music magazine, sure. uh, you know, but. Um, that's how we found music. And then half the time after I got paid from cutting like my grandfather's lawn, um, we went to people out there. There were things called record stores. Um, uh, And I would just buy things by sight, not even knowing who the band was. Sure. Like I I remember going out and buying um, Van Halen's first album. I'm like not knowing one song. Yeah. And looking at the album cover and then looking at David Lee Roth on the back, like doing this back bend thing. And then on the front, you got this guy who's holding this guitar with a bunch of tape on. I'm like, what is this? I come home and it was like that moment in 
you know, Back to the Future with uh, Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah. And he's standing on top of the bed with his like, you know, future father, if you will. And he put the headphones on him and he's there. They're playing like eruption. And it's like, that was that moment. It was like, okay, we just went into a different age yep. of rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. It was like, what the hell am I listening to? And then it goes right into, I'm like, I know this next song. Isn't this the kinks? What happened? And it was like that. Those moments are like special. Those are the things I remember. Yeah. Um, and just for a couple of reasons, a number one, because of the music, of course, but then it's like, Okay, good. I didn't waste twelve dollars on a piece of vinyl. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> you know, I you know you buy a bunch of stinkers and sure, stuff like sure. that. It was, you know, same thing with like you know whether it was a, a meatloaf, bat out of hell. Didn't know anything about that, and was looking at the album cover with like a motorcycle coming out of the grave and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is creepy. And he brought it home, and I'm like, holy crap, this is spectacular. Nice, nice. Yes, it's a gift. It's the gift of like. Uh... Yeah, it's almost like serendipity. You're like, oh, wait, everything just just hit right. You know, I bought the right thing. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, here's a bad analogy, and probably women are gonna hate me for this, but it's kind of like, someone for men, it was like you know me going into a record shop is like them going into like a shoe store, or a store that sells like handbags and stuff. Sure, I'm gonna walk out of there with a big old shopping bag of like ten albums. Yeah, let's and just lock myself away in a room. <laughs> it's <laughs> great well i i you know there it's interesting more than ever i see uh vinyl shops opening up again um like in pompton lakes Flipside records is still there which is where i would go as a kid um I and, that. and then right down half a block away is a like used book sound exchange well you know? hey well sound exchange is in wayne that's still there um yeah but right in pompton lakes like on the main strip there is another record store which is you know basically selling used books and used records but some new stuff and they have quite a collection too i was like whoa all right and it's like Do you know we have one in vernon oh yeah where is that that is if you go down church Street, okay i thought so on church yeah all the way in the back there's not much there but you know the guy's extremely cool yeah. um one of my favorite album covers of all time. I'm still trying to get it uh, like on a, remember picture disc? Yeah. Um, um, is Steve Miller band's uh, Book of Dreams. Nice. And it's one of the ones I always wanted. I The other one that I always wanted and I have is Boston's first album. Uh, phenomenal album cover. But I walk into the Vernon uh, record store and the guy's got, I don't know what it is, but it, it was like a three by three box that's lit. And then on the, on the front of it, was the um, um, the Book of Dreams album with the um, the Pegasus, nice. and I'm like, oh, and I forgot to ask the guy how much what it, how much he wanted for it, but I knew he was probably going to ask me for like a couple of hundred. Sure, bucks. sure. But if it's still there, I might go over there over the weekend. Don't go there. Don't go there, Dennis. Let me buy it first. Don't worry. And this this <laughs> this won't air for until like September, <laughs> like good. the fall. So you're good. Nobody's going to beat you to it. But I think and even Warwick Warwick has a record store. I just saw a notice for um, really? yeah yeah i just heard that 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 happened so it's happening yeah there's like there's this love for vinyl i mean you go to target you could buy vinyl now it's crazy <laughs> yeah like i said it was the good old days like for uh anyone growing up in like my period anyway yeah and hopefully it's the same somewhere in the future but, you know what i say it's it really does happen it's in my, at my in my school my students bought me a record player and the, everybody's so excited that it's there every day you know so it's great yeah, that, well, that's that's the weird thing too. I'm going into uh, Walmart, 
Yeah. They had like the portable record players. I'm like, really? Yeah. I don't remember seeing those things until I, I like I was in elementary school. Yeah. Like, you know, we couldn't go outside for recess because it's raining. So there was always the record player. And, you know, people had like, you know, a bunch of 45s. We were allowed to bring in stuff. So, yep. you know, there's Elton John and everything else there. And I was like, oh, cool. Nice. Nice. Um, That's great. You know, And uh, there was probably you were talking about influences, um, not so much music wise, but I mean, yeah, music wise. When I was in junior high, there was actually a thing. And I'm sure they haven't had it in more than 20, 30 years now. Um, probably because when budgets are put out there, they cut like the things that they want to cut, but they'll never cut like athletics and stuff like that. But um, we had a music appreciation class in junior high. Nice. And there was a teacher called uh, Mr. Dibbs. And this guy taught us everything from like basically classical music, but it would always went back to rock and roll. And he would teach like stuff like, you know, listen to the Beatles do this. Um, you know, and listen to this classical piece and you'll see, you know, that there's a link here You can tell us stuff like, you know, the, the Beatles had like the longest sustained note on, um, the piano note that you hear at the very end of a day in the life, nice. stuff like that. Yeah. And it was like, that got me more and more into music. Cause I'm like, this guy cares about stuff. The same thing that I care about, Yeah, you know, that's great. And like I still say, it's like 75% of the people on the planet just, you know, they went to the class like, all right, this guy's a kook and <laughs> they moved on. But meanwhile, I'm like, he's still in my head. Yeah. Well, he spoke your language. It's as you said before. Yes. That's great. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, very cool, man. I, and, and as uh, you were describing your shows, um, how long does it take you to make a show? <sighs> well, as long as it takes <laughs> generally like a two hour program, I put in probably anywhere from two to three hours a week. So it probably takes like a good 10 to 12 hours to do a two hour show. Cause wow. I'm like, I'm on the internet and I'm hunting down like, you know, the background story of sure. a particular song or album or whatever. And, you know, I got to make all these notes, um, whether it's like, you know, certain songs that you go, all right, well, what was a good example? I think it was a uh, crap. All right, off the top of my head, um, you know the song "Alone." Um, Heart did it, yeah, yeah, in the like, in the eighties. I'm like, all right, I always thought that they did it. No, they were not the first ones to do that. Um, there was a band in Canada; they were called Toronto. They actually did that song first, and I'm like, so that interests me. You know, yeah. that interests me. Yeah, it's like okay, certain things. It's like all right, uh, another bad example. Like when I was doing the '70s show. Um, uh, Barry Manilow had that song Mandy um, but there was a guy like two years before he had the same song it was called Brandy and so it's like <laughs> this guy never got any credit for doing that song but it was like a huge number one hit for, for Barry Manilow wow. and all he did was basically change the title <laughs> wow that's it, that's it. Yeah, I, I, I think even for uh you know, it's nice when you get clues right on an album, right? Where where something comes from, like even if it's a cover. Yeah, I, I think of like the, the bands we were listening to. You know, this band Sebado, which is an offshoot of Dinosaur Jr., does a right. cover of Nick Drake's Pink Moon, which is from the 70s. And it's like, for us who had no connection to this pretty somewhat obscure band, you know, he's a little folky um, from the 70s. It's like this 
introduction to this this backstory to the band that we're digging but also right. like introduction to this whole other timeline of music that we're like okay let's go check this out and it, it happened with david bowie for me from a dinosaur song it happened with right. um Sebado to nick drake i love nick drake phenomenal i'm like wow what a great musician like and he died way too young and that's he was pro he was on his way and he was trying to break into the market a little too too much instead of just doing his thing and i was like that's kind of where he got lost you know but it's uh, so he kind of changed music style yeah i mean you start to hear like a little bit of the 70s like you know just like faster like almost disco beat and I'm like ah, oh, where's your folk stuff dude it was so good <laughs> but like the song pink moon like has survived the test of time like i think it was on a volkswagen commercial within the last couple of years whatever it is but it, it, it was introduced to me by this band that i love and i love that musical connections the timeline that's created from like linking one thing to the other it's almost like a family tree um love that yes yeah, it's that. a generational thing absolutely um but you were talking about like albums and stuff like that um or album covers yeah um that's the one thing like with vinyl that you don't have well now you don't have anything physical that you can hold on to there's no such thing as a mp3 or um but with vinyl, you basically had something that you could hold. Yeah. And there was like certain some some certain like vinyl albums came with things inside. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were always happy if you got lyrics, um, or if um, for whatever reason, like Pink Floyd was a good one. Um, I don't know if you ever had um, the album "Wish You Were Here." Yeah, yeah, I know it. I I, I think I do have it in the archives of my collection. <laughs> yeah. Wish You Were Here was awesome because um, the inside sleeve or the the the, the jacket, there was a, um, if you remember, there was like a field. It was like a green field and there was like a, a red veil. Okay. So anyone listening to the show, go find your, uh, go find your, your record copy or I think they may even have it on the CD. But um, what they did, if you looked hard enough and they gave you a clue and I, I put down the, the lyric here uh, and it was from um, the song, wish you were here. He goes, so, so you think you can tell heaven from hell, blue skies from pain. Can you tell a green field from a cold steel rail, a smile from a veil? Do you think you'd tell? So they, they were talking about this green field and the veil. Eh. If you looked in the veil long enough from the waist up, there was a naked woman there. And if, you know, I could point it out on anything, you know, um, another one. And I still think Led Zeppelin fans don't even know about this. Their last studio album, which wasn't Coda, that was basically some stuff they found at outtakes. Yeah. It was in through the outdoor and in through the outdoor. It was sold in a paper bag. So all it said, like up in the corner, it said uh, in through the outdoor and Led Zeppelin, just a paper bag. Yeah. And the reason why they did that, because it wasn't one album cover. There was actually six different album covers and each one had a similar view, like yeah. a, like a bar scene, whether there was a guy inside, you know, uh, with a cigarette or whatever it was, but e either way they had like, uh, if you had like a dirty window and you took your hand and you kind of did like the wiper, uh, you could, you know, you can see a better view. Yeah. Now, if you opened up the record sleeve, what it was is like this big giant ashtray with a cigar in it. And all it was is like black dots, you know, kind of like, you know, it's like, all right, well, what the hell is that? Well, 
what teenagers do, you know, usually listen to music and, <clears throat> and drink beer and whatever we do. Um, we accidentally spilled it on the, on the inner sleeve and all of a sudden colors started rolling. So oh, if no. you took like, if you took like a, like a paintbrush or any kind of like, um, you know, um, you know, liquid, it changed colors wow. from like greens to blues to whatever. And I guarantee you, there are Led Zeppelin fans out there that still have the vinyl and they had no clue. Wow. And you can look it up on the internet. I still don't think that there's that it's out there. So That's it's awesome. a cool little trick. Sure. Now, if it still works some, you know, 30 years later, I have no <laughs> idea. Well, it's, it's that connection with the, so there's an art to presenting this album for the, to give the fans a good time. I, I love a band that will, even entertain like when it performs they they're like we're gonna we're gonna give you a show you know like that's a kind of an awesome thing um yeah. well but- here, here's one more thing with with led zeppelin too do you know how many uh you know how many grammy awards they won i have no idea i think they won i think it was either two or three but it was all for their packaging okay. they never won one grammy award for their music wow okay that's absolutely ridiculous yeah. but you know taylor swift has won i don't know how many <laughs> <laughs> that's great the injustice in the world and uh, we can even we can have a whole program on the rock and roll hall of fame and the people who sure. have been like well you got to listen shunned. to you got to listen to the bonus episode um hidden tracks episode which talks about the rock and roll hall of fame for the inductees oh, for this nice. year but they go off for two hours and this is all my old friends they go off <laughs> for two hours about the rock and roll hall of fame and they ultimately um you just complain about like how is how is so and so not in how is this uh, person not in like it's like crazy oh, yeah i i mean just the, the the list is just absolutely ridiculous you know you have you have bands like here, oh here you go first of all canada has has their own music hall of fame and i want to have a petition a petition one day or like a, just a you know march down where the rock and roll hall of fame is and i've been there yeah. It's a nice place. But like when you walk in there, the first thing they hand you is like, you, you know, those little paper subscription things that fall out of magazines. That's what the first thing they hand you when you go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it's owned by Rolling Stone magazine. All right, all right. OK, so now now, I mean, you know, it, it, so you, you have people like here you go. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. You have people like Nat King Cole, uh, Whitney Houston, Janet Jackson, Madonna. NWA, Run DMC, Tupac Shakur, and like the Beastie Boys in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, fine. If you want it that <laughs> way, change the name of it because rock and rollers like me, I'm offended. Well, that's what they, they, were, they were chatting about. Although the Beastie Boys did play their own instruments. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And they did rock but sometimes. <laughs> they did. They were local New York guys, you know, but I mean, True, but you know you got bands like Bad Company, Blue Oyster Cult, Boston, Brian Adams, you know, and let's you know Iron Maiden got ditched. We were talking about them earlier, mm-hmm. but even like another fellow Long Islander, which is Pat Benatar, she won like every award in the 1980s, and she's not in the rock. Well, that's just, yeah, this you got to listen to the rock and roll episode from Hidden Tracks. It's exactly they. I think they talk about Pat Benatar. They're like, how is she not in? <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, if you ever have a second part. 
give me a holler. I love to get in on that one. <laughs> well, it's not it's not me. You got to talk to Shane Murphy, the host. But okay, but uh, I'll, I'll connect you guys for sure. Hook me up with Shane. <laughs> I will. I will. You're definitely you're definitely right up his alley. <laughs> oh, good. You would make a... me and him will go to me and him will go to Cleveland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he's such a, he's such a music lover. It's so so interesting. And then he interviews all these great musicians. It's so fun. And so, yeah, and see, that's the that's the other thing. If if I didn't have my real job, yeah, 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 you know, I would have more time. I I get like um, I work with a bunch of different record labels and promoters, and they always send me invitations to talk to people, like yeah. people I I mean I love, like whether it's like a David Coverdale or like um, you know stuff like that. And it's like uh, who was it? Uh, Ian Gillen. And I'm like, I have to pass them up because it's like, I don't have the time. Sure. I don't have the time. By the time I get home, I'm trying to put together my show. And it, yeah. yeah, God bless you. Because it's like, I know what it's like to kind of put down a show like this because I'm rambling on. You're going to have to go, oh, crap, I'm going to have to edit this guy. <laughs> Listen, the, the, the secret the secret of, of podcasting is people can stop listening if they don't want to hear anymore, which mm. therefore I just let it go. I mean, I mean, for sure, there's probably I'm doing this somewhat bare bones. But you could probably do those interviews pretty bare bones and have them. And, and it would take you as for sure. There's editing, which always takes twice as long as you want it to. But I, I yeah. mean, the recordings, you know, the hour and then the edits, sometimes two hours. But it's, it's definitely not 10 hours for a two hour show for, for a 40 minute yeah. show. But I know. But it's like you still put in that effort. Yeah, you know? yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like two, three hours or whatever, 12. Yeah. It's. You know, the effort's there because you're passionate with what you want to do. Well, that's it. And it's, it's the hope to like, yeah, just just have interesting conversations with people. And and for me, this is fun. And again, it's, like you said, if there's only a few people listening, that's fine. <laughs> it's just like this is yeah, like, like I said, yeah, as long as you love doing what you do, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you have like a million followers or one. Yeah, you got yeah, me. Yeah. So that's all that matters. You got one guy <laughs> awesome. at least. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and I don't know who's listening. I, I, and I just, you know, it's like, oh wait, that that episode got eight, that got a hundred hits, and I had no idea. But it, even that, I just don't even like doing that because it's like that part. Yeah, no, that it, part it will change how you think about your show or exactly. how you do your show. Yeah, no, you you do it the way you do it because I mean, I've listened to past shows and I love them. So awesome. yeah, don't change for anything. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> you know, the thing, the hardest thing is not burning out from like doing work life. I have you know, family life. And then I'm like sneaking this in like right now on a Friday night. <laughs> I know. So it's like, um, you, you, you see, like for me, I like my wife works a different shift. She doesn't come home until almost like midnight. Sure. And uh, she's in the pharmaceutical business close to what I'm doing too. But, um, and, but like you, you come home, you got your family and stuff like that. Like me, I'm allowed to do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's nothing stopping me. And, and she knows that, you know, I'm, I'm not getting into trouble. Yeah. There, there was one time we went to uh, the Stanhope house because there was a band that I play um, on my station called the Erotics from Albany. And they came down and it was like, oh, crap. I go up there all the time. Let me go see them. And they're in Stanhope house. And there was one of the ladies who sent me music from a label. Yeah. And she just grabs me by the hand. I need to talk to you. And my wife is like right there. And like I said, she's from Colombia. So I'm pretty sure she knows how to do that Colombian bow tie thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm starting to fear for this lady's life. But she, my wife knows. She's like, look, he's not getting into trouble. Yeah. I can't stop listening. You know, he can't stop listening to music. He, he's doing what he loves. <laughs> that's he's great. passionate. That's great. You know, well, she that, lets me do it. That's awesome. Well, I, thank you so much for coming on. It's so cool to just meet a, yeah, another passionate creator and you're creating 
not, not the music, but the support and the love of the music. And it's phenomenal. It's really important. Well, I'm like you. I'm like you. When I was younger, like, you know, I found, my, I don't know how my mom had a guitar, but I plugged it, this Sears thing into like one of her stereo cabinets, like back in the seventies where these, you know, stereo units were like seven feet long. Yes. And I learned how to like tune it to power chords, but nice. I found out after like, you know, listening to people like Stevie Ray Vaughan and, you know, Randy Rhodes and Eddie Van Halen, I'm like, I suck. And it was like, you know, let me do something I can do. You know, I'm like, you know, like a priest has the calling to, you know, talk about the Lord and me. It's like, I'm going to spread the word about rock and roll. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That's great. I mean, I think it's, it's a, it's a gift and it's a passion. And I, and I think, you know, the reality is, like you said, there's people who speak your language and so appreciate what you do. So thanks so much for doing it. It's awesome. Oh, no problem. And like, and like I said, uh, you know, I don't know if you remember, but the the Voyagers that they sent out into outer space. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they um they put out like a gold disc with uh, you know, basically pictures on it, but they also had music out there too. Yeah. So once again, I'm I'm like that gold disc waiting for like some you know alien to find it because on there is like some alien is going to find it, and the first song on there is Chuck Berry's you know Johnny Be Good. Nice. And there's not a better way to segue into like rock and roll. Yeah. start bare bones garage you know it's you know yeah. that's that's how it goes awesome, awesome. If, if if you can't feel it with chuck berry you know yeah. you're not going to be a rock and roller yeah yeah you know, go great. listen to the top 40 and go to a dance club <laughs> <laughs> all right so i i would i we're definitely uh i gotta cut this short here it feels like we can keep no talking problem. but um i would love to hear Number one. You mean your show's not two hours long? No, not two hours. <laughs> <laughs> number one, how do we follow you and know what's going on with you? And then number two, any like last words of just like encourage people to follow their passions or even just like this is what you should listen to, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, as far as uh, WSRX 107.9 in Vernon, uh, if you're in the area, you can tune in. Um, the show is on Wednesday and what is it? Two o'clock in the afternoon. Saturday is a repeat 10 o'clock in the morning and Sunday at 4 PM. Nice. And, uh, you can catch us on the internet, um, at steel93.org and the schedule's there and, you know, it's on there to pollute your souls <laughs> and turn you into devil worshipers and rock and rollers and, you know, show you how to, you know, you know, put the horns in the air. <laughs> <laughs> crazy crazy well very cool do you have um so so it's uh what's the website again to say it one more time steel uh steel93.org right, com okay awesome awesome and any final words for your for the audience of this podcast just like either or either about following your passions and why you do it or something to listen to well, if you guys have been hanging around for the last hour, you know, I'm a total rock and roll. I love music, uh, love the language, either it affects you. If it's not rock and roll and you are affected by any kind of music, follow it, especially if you want to play an instrument. Don't let anyone tell you that, you know, you're not good enough. Trust me, you know, when people like Jimi Hendrix were was playing the guitar and they're going, what the hell? He's playing left-handed. He's playing it the wrong way. Yeah he's one of the most influential. You can take guitar lessons uh, as much as you want, but anyone can take a guitar lesson and learn how to play a guitar, but you have to play it like you play it. Uh, and don't yeah. let anyone change the way that they, they tell you, you know, 
you could be the next Eddie Van Halen. Awesome. Got to rest his soul. Yes. Yes. It's not, it's not, it's not leading all to this dark place. This stuff is actually like lifting our souls up. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've been telling like my, my parents got, you know, my father lost him a few years ago, but like I've been telling people in the past, it's like, you know, look, listen to this stuff, this heavy metal stuff. It's like, it's, it's basically classical music sped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then within the last 20 years, there's a thing called symphonic metal. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy. Well, I am crazy, but <laughs> you know, it's, and if you want to find out where rock and roll is, it's really no longer here in the United States. You'll have to go over to the Scandinavian countries and over in Europe, basically. Those are the only ones who are really supporting rock and roll right now. Oh, it's yes, sad yes. to say, it's sad to say. Well, the, the, the remnant remains and it, it, it exists uh, on your station. It exists on Hidden Tracks podcast. It exists in these awesome <laughs> venues in the, in the city still kind of making a comeback right now. Thank goodness. So, yes. And uh, and there's there's too many of us who don't want it to go. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and should, I, should I leave you with one line? Yes. OK. And see if you remember who it is. Do you remember lying in bed with the covers pulled over your head? Radio playing so no one can see. We need to change. We need it fast before rock and roll is part of the past. Because lately it all sounds the same to me. Uh, Ramones, Ramones, 1980. Nice. Do you remember (laughs) rock and roll radio? Nice, nice. Well, very cool. Adam Z. (laughs) thanks Dennis thanks for having me on alright man thank you thanks for listening to this is Stonehouse Podcast alright thank you for listening that was a fun episode with Adam Z Definitely check out his show at vernonfm.org and uh, steel93.com. And uh, keep in touch. Uh, Drop me a line. You can find my link to my email at www.thestolenhourspodcast.com. And as my alarm goes off in the background, it is early morning. I should be getting up for work right now. (laughs) And it is my wife's birthday, so happy birthday, Kitch. Enjoy the next episode. Larry Confino, another filmmaker, director, coming up. And as always, support Jay Agnes and his music and drop the line for Hidden Tracks podcast and check that out. <laughs>